Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm really happy and grateful that you're able to be with me today. We are going to talk about something that I think for a lot of women can be really embarrassing. We are going to be talking to a special guest and the topic here is going to be all about vaginas. And yes, you heard me say that, right? We're talking about vaginas. The big thing that we're going to be talking about more specifically is pelvic floor therapy. So I have a special guest on today, Dr. Lucinda Haber, and we like to call her Lucinda, and she is a licensed and board certified physical therapist. But since we're talking about vaginas, you know that she's probably not a regular physical therapist as you're thinking of it. She is a physical therapist who specializes in women's health. So some of the bio on Dr. Hayburn is that she's basically been doing this for over seven years and she has a history of being a massage therapist. So she's been doing body work for over 14 years. Today, some of the conditions that we're going to talk about, which Lucinda specializes in, includes things like pelvic pain, pregnancy, and postpartum related conditions, as well as chronic pain. So a little bit about Lucinda is she was born and currently works and resides in the Philadelphia area. She is a private PT and also practices therapeutic massage. In her women's health specialist role, she works in a hospital-affiliated outpatient setting. Lucinda also assists with clinical programming in transgender health and lectures about women's health at universities in, in and around the Philadelphia area. Lucinda also teaches at national conferences and within her community. Lucinda is a wife and mother of two young children And she knows firsthand the challenges of juggling home life with work and self-care. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. I'm your host, Trisha, registered dietitian, nutrition coach. This podcast is for busy women like you with a desire for achieving better whole health balance. In this podcast, you'll learn practical tips to get you started motivation to keep you inspired, and guest interviews that will empower you to take action. Come join me in failing forward one tiny step at a time into the journey of health, wellness, and self-care. Let's get started. Hi, Lucinda. Welcome to the show today. Hi, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me. So I wanted to ask you a couple questions. We are going to talk about vaginas today and our guest is Lucinda. So Lucinda, let's kind of, let's dive right into it. So what is pelvic floor therapy? So pelvic floor therapy is a, a subset of physical therapy that focuses on the muscles and ligaments and joints and functions of the pelvis. Um, And so because this part of the body is kind of a mysterious or veiled area in the general public, and it's often an area we don't think about as being muscular, I think it's really important to talk about what it actually does and that it is hugely muscular and very treatable if something's wrong. So in terms of the pelvic floor, we're thinking about all the muscles that attach onto the pelvic floor and that's from the abdominals, the back, the hips, the butt, 
um, the muscles around the vagina and the anus. And these muscles go to create four main systems. One is supportive, right? So the muscles um, go from the pubic bone to the tailbone and create a hammock for all your organs to sit on. So every time you're standing, you get up from a chair, those muscles tighten up to bear the weight of those organs. They also have a core function. So we usually think of our core as our abs or our butt, but our pelvic floor muscles are part of our core. So again, you're running, you're doing your squats, your pelvic floor is activating at the same time to help support the pelvis and move the body through space. They also have a sexual function. So your pelvic floor muscles create the tone in the vaginal canal. They create erection in both the penis um, as well as the clitoris. They create orgasm. And lastly, they have a sphincteric role. So you have your sphincter that goes around your urethra where the urine comes out, and you have your sphincter that goes around the anus. And then you have your pelvic floor that wrap around these sphincters to provide extra support. So if you want to urinate, they're supposed to relax and everything comes out. And when you don't want to have an accident, the muscle is supposed to stay nice and tight, ideally, so nothing comes out. So when we're talking about pelvic therapy, we're talking about any problem that could arise in any of these systems. It could be a sexual dysfunction. It could be incontinence. It could be pain with running or difficulty moving around after you've had a baby. It could be any of these things. It could be, I'm guessing, like if you're peeing after you have a baby, does that oh, yeah. included in that Exactly. Too? Incontinence, yeah. incontinence, constipation, fecal incontinence, pain, you know, sexual yeah. pain, pain with intercourse. And again, you know, this, we often think about it more for women because we connect that, connect it to having babies, but men have pelvic floors too, you know, so this, this is an exclusive. So how would we know that we have some kind of imbalance or some dysfunction in our pelvic floor? What are some symptoms that we would, mm-hmm. that we would have? Yeah. So they could hit any one of those topics that we talk about. You know, the, the number one dysfunction that bring people in is stress urinary incontinence, which is when we have a little bit of urinary leakage with a heavy cough or sneeze or laughing. This is really common after childbirth um, because those muscles are a bit stretched and a, a bit weakened. But it can happen with anyone. You see it in runners. You see it in people who do weightlifting. We see it in older people who have lost some strength in, in all muscles, but especially in the pelvic floor muscles. That's one issue, urinary incontinence. There's constipation. There's I've been having pain with sex and I don't know how to manage that. Or I used to be able to orgasm and now I can't, or now orgasm is painful. So any problem sort of within from the knee to the belly button that could be pain or just a dysfunction in urinary, bowel, bladder, sexual would fall under the umbrella of pelvic floor therapy. And when you say constipation, what do you mean by that? So Mm -hmm. how would I know that I'm not having constipation related to I'm just not eating well as related to something that's a bigger issue like pelvic floor dysfunction? Oh, you know, and that's such an interesting question because as a physical therapist, I'm always thinking muscles, ligaments, strength, and treating the body from a very orthopedic standpoint. But within the pelvic floor realm, we really look at the person holistically. So 
in terms of something like constipation, but even also in terms of urinary function or sexual function, we are also taking a broad look at their whole lifestyle. So that includes things like diet and water intake. So someone comes in the room and they say, oh, I'm constipated. For us, that technically means they have three or or less bowel movements a week and that they have difficulty or pain with bowel movements. And we are going to, you know, assess the pelvic floor muscles from a physical standpoint to see how strong or or not strong or how much control or, or lack of control you have over those muscles. But we do investigate, at least in a superficial sense of, are you eating fiber? Do you drink water? What are your stress levels like? Do you know how to sit on a toilet to have a bowel movement? You know, all these things that you think would be obvious are oftentimes really not obvious. So you mentioned that you are a physical therapist and it sounds Mm -hmm. like as a physical therapist, when I think of a physical therapist, I'm thinking of, oh, I'm going to have someone look at my hip or I'm going to go to, you know, like a gym with a lot of equipment. So because you're a women's health therapist, physical therapist, what does that look like when someone comes in and does pelvic floor therapy with you? Like, it seems like something that would be so intimate. So Mm. what what does that environment look like so that I wouldn't be scared to come in and do something like that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So when someone comes into me to discuss their pelvic floor issues, as you mentioned, it can feel scary. It's a private part of our body you know, it's not a part of our body that we often want to share if there's a problem with. It's often associated with shame or vulnerability, a lot of association with trauma. Uh, I have a lot of trauma patients. So this can be a really emotional type of physical therapy. And so the number one thing I can say is when you come in, you're coming into a safe environment in a one-on-one private setting in a room with someone who is there to listen to you and ask you a lot of questions. And we have a lot of time with our patients. So, you know, at minimum, I'm, I have 45 minutes one-on-one time with my patients. And often it's more like an hour or more. And from the very first session, my goal is to really hear the story to understand what's been going on. What have you tried? What have you not tried? What have you read? What have doctors told you? What tests? And it's, it's really understanding the picture because from that picture, I learned so much. With even Without even touching the person, without even doing that physical assessment, just from hearing that story, I've learned so much. And usually patients tell me that it's that first session where things really start to change for them. Because I provide education, I provide a space that they can really get into the topics that they want to talk about. And so usually from that very first session, they feel like things are going to change for them. So that's day one is that we get a story and we do a physical assessment, you know, so I'm looking, yes, I'm going to assess the joints and the muscles. And usually that's going to include an assessment of the person's lower back and hips and possibly other joints postural assessment, looking at the way they move through space. It also entails a pelvic floor exam, which is either going to be a vaginal exam or a rectal exam, depending on the sex of the person and the nature of their problem. So applying gentle pressure around their vaginal or rectal openings, and then an internal exam similar that you might have at a gynecologist without the scary speculum. 
And then what would happen with the treatment? So mm-hmm. just to kind of go through like the logistics. So you kind of go into a room and my guess is that you would lay down on the table mm-hmm. or something like that, right? You would do the assessment. And then what would the treatments consist of? I'm guessing it would be different based on what you found, but would how invasive would that be? Yeah. So as you guessed, treatments are really varied between people and situations. And we use a variety of techniques that people are already going to be familiar with. So things like stretching and core strengthening that you you associate with physical therapy. Um, We're also going to be doing things like bladder and bowel retraining. So I give people really horrible bladder diaries that they have to fill out. And, you know, I guarantee them that they're going to be cursing my name for the next three days. (laughs) They're horrible to fill out. Um, So we really dive really deep into what their daily habits look like. And we do a lot of talking about compromising. You know, I'm I'm not going to tell someone not to drink coffee because I would never do that to someone, mm-hmm. but I might say, Hey, can, when you have a cup of coffee, can you also have a glass of water or can you throw in 10 pelvic floor contractions every time you're standing waiting at the bus or, you know, trying to make those lifestyle changes. There is usually some component of hands-on work as well. And depending on what the issue is. So if we're talking about someone, for example, who has pain with intercourse, that may be some internal or external work around the vagina or penis to help relax those muscles. As well, the patient might also learn how to do some of those techniques themselves. One of our big goals in PT in general is making patients as independent from us as they can be so that when they're done with us, they move on and are confident that they have the skills to manage and prevent any further episodes. So, you know, it could be hands-on work. It could be strengthening, stretching, talking about bowel and bladder habits. It's a lot of breathing techniques, stress management techniques, learning how to walk, sit, move. Wearing a better bra can be a big deal. There's a lot of very subtle things that go into the work. You know, it's so crazy. I feel like I hear that women in Europe go through when they do pelvic floor as part of their treatment after Mm -hmm. they have women. But like, I never knew anything about this until I actually had to go see a pelvic floor therapist. So Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's something from all that you're talking about. There's just so much there that I feel like you would really be able to help women with, obviously. You know, it's really interesting because I was talking to a good friend of mine who lives in France and who had her baby there. And I had two children in the States. And I was saying to her at this point, like, oh, you don't know how lucky you have it in France. It's so amazing. She's like, what are you talking about? No, we don't have it so good. I was like, so wait, after you had a baby, you didn't automatically get pelvic floor therapy. And she was like, well, of course we had that. (laughs) I mean, of course we had six sessions of pelvic floor therapy guaranteed. I mean, every woman had, it was so obvious. And here I have women who you know, either have suffered for 30 years with their pelvic floor problems who finally had a doctor who said, why don't you try pelvic floor therapy? Or I have, you know, moms who've aggressively searched themselves and found it sooner, but had to go through so many loopholes to get it. So So it is fortunate. Yeah. Like we're suffering in silence and then nobody wants to talk about it. It's horrible. And a lot of it is education. A lot of it is educating the medical field, the physicians to ask more questions. You know, I know from having babies that 
And I, and I love my OBGYN, love her. But, you know, when I had my baby at the six week mark, it was sort of like, mm, okay, you're good. Yeah, great. It wasn't, how are you feeling? How does sex feel? How, you know, all these questions that if you didn't know better, you would just think, oh, well, this is the way it is. I guess it's always going to hurt to have sex now with my partner. I guess every time I sneeze, I'm going to pee on myself. And I've had women say that, oh, I just thought that was my new norm. Yeah, because how would you know? That's the thing is like, if your OBGYN isn't bringing it up to you, how do you know that it's become something of an issue? And I think that's where is it that we need to be proactive and ask our, our OBGYN. For me, I asked my OBGYN maybe two years after I had my son, but again, I had to go through hoops. I had to go to, to one OBGYN and then she had to write me a script. So it does sound like there was a little bit more complexity to getting treatment. And then how do you even know if it's what's normal? So I had a baby and I'm going to pee a little bit. It does it have to be like that. Like, I don't know. I guess you would be able to tell me that. <laughs> is that my yeah. normal or is there no, something? no, I don't want anyone peeing on themselves. Oh. Like just blanket statement. I don't care if you're 85 or 25, yeah. you know what I mean? I really don't feel like for the most part, we should be peeing in our pants. So that's um, fine. That means yeah, that's that we need, you would benefit from going. Totally. You know, and even, and we're relating this very much to pregnancy and postpartum issues, which is such an obvious topic, obviously. Yeah, but, I'm sure there's um, more. There's so much more. And even, you know, I was listening to your first podcast about your experience with your hip pain and having that hip fracture. And, you know, part of our advocacy that we do, especially within the OBGYN field is that even with our pregnant patients, you shouldn't be walking around in extreme pain in pregnancy. Like, yeah, you know, it's a little bit harder to roll in bed. And I get that. It's a little bit harder to get out of the chair. And maybe you're not running 10 miles a day or whatever. But you should feel relatively good for the most part. And so, you know, being able to distinguish what is, quote unquote, like normal pregnancy discomfort in terms of the weight gain and carrying around a human in your belly versus, hey, like, my back really hurts. I'm not able to walk these couple blocks. Uh, so yes, distinguishing what we should consider normal and acceptable versus when to seek help. And then like when someone starts therapy, they come to you, how long does like therapy or like a treatment take? Is it just Mm -hmm. a few weeks, a couple months? Is it like physical therapy with mm-hmm. another muscle group where we just kind of have to keep doing it and we start it like how does that work mm-hmm. so most of my patients come in once a week for about 45 minutes to an hour and that's really for the initial period to create that treatment plan with the patient and it's really a plan that the patient creates with us because as with all physical therapy, you know, there's no magic pill where we're making you do the work. <laughs> and so you have to be agreeable to the work we're giving. So, you know, in those first four weeks, I generally like to see people once a week. From there, if things are really moving forward, we might space those visits apart even more, maybe every two weeks, because a lot of what I'm offering, you know, is guidance through this journey. Sometimes we continue with that weekly session especially if there's a lot of hands-on work that needs to be done. I'm thinking particularly if maybe there's scar tissue or either from a cesarean or vaginal delivery or just post-operatively, or maybe there's, you know, very long history of tightness or pain. So that might facilitate wanting a more weekly basis. So if things are going really well, four to six weeks of physical therapy, 
I would say more typically, however, it's more like two to three months of weekly or every other week visits. If we're talking about someone who's had chronic pain, part of women's health is working with issues like osteoporosis, fibromyalgia, chronic pain syndromes, that could take longer. We're talking maybe three to six months. Yeah. And then how would I know if I needed to go see someone, how would I find someone that's as specialized as you? Is there is there a place that I would go yeah. and look for, for someone who specializes in pelvic floor therapy? So there's a great website connected with the APTA. The APTA is the American Physical Therapy Association. And it's ptl.womenshealthapta.org. And I can connect that with you so you can, I can put that uh, the write it out. Yeah. But that's basically a women's health locator. So you type in, you know, your zip code or your city or whatever. And, and I think you can even type in whatever the problem is to see, to find someone who's really specializes in that area. Listen to, before I let you go today, let's talk a little bit about the difference between pelvic floor therapy and Kegels. I just want to clarify this because I think that people think it's the same thing, but now Mm -hmm. that you're speaking, I can tell that it's much more complex pelvic floor therapy. So can you clarify that for us? And I love that question because very often I think the idea is that, oh, there's something wrong with my vagina. Let me just do kegels. And so kegels are really just pelvic floor contractions. So they're the way that we contract our pelvic floor up and in uh, is also called a kegel. And they're great for some people. For other people, they are the last thing you want to do. So, you know, it's a tool in the toolbox that may or may not be appropriate to you. So if you have a real problem or something you consider a problem, either, you know, with urinary leakage or constipation or sexual dysfunction, get the script, go to pelvic floor therapy, find out if pelvic floor contraction is right for you or not, because it may be actually the opposite of what you want to do. A lot of people, I, I ban kegels from their vocabulary. <laughs> They are never permitted to do it. Well, that's good. Thank you. I really appreciate that clarification. Lucinda, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I know my community will benefit so much from this. I I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here and that you're doing this. It's, It's such an important topic. It sure is. Wow. Wasn't Lucinda so amazing? I hope that you guys really found value in all that Lucinda talked about today. She's just an incredible resource and just knows so much that I think we could all benefit from. If you want to find out more information about Lucinda, please visit her at her website, lucindahaburnpt.com. Lucinda's information, if you're looking for spelling, is also going to be in the show notes. If you found value in this podcast, Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or our self-care. Together, we can work as a community and we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and really we deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.